Good morning, church. I hope you're all well in the comfort of your homes. Yes, once again, here I am in my lounge preaching the sacred scriptures to us. And, and my prayer is for us to continue to trust Jesus, trust our Heavenly Father. His grace is sufficient for us as we go through this difficult time. May we keep our eyes fixed on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. And I pray that you will, at this time, be um, in the Scriptures, in the Sacred Scriptures, so they can encourage you and comfort you and give you the hope, the hope of one day spending eternity with our Heavenly Father. But I invite you now to please turn with me to Psalm 3. We're going to continue with confidence in God to pray. So please turn with me to Psalm 3 as I read from verse 1. O Lord, how many are my foes! Many are rising against me. Many are saying of my soul, there is no salvation for him in God. But you, O Lord, are a shield about me, my glory and the lifter of my head. I cried aloud to the Lord, and he answered me from his holy hill. I lay down and slept. I woke again, for the Lord sustained me. I will not be afraid of many thousands of people who have set themselves against me all around. Arise, O Lord, save me, O my God, for you strike all my enemies on the cheek. You break the teeth of the wicked. Salvation belongs to the Lord. Your blessing be on your people. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your grace and mercy upon us during this time of, of difficulty. I pray that you would give us the extra grace that we need each day to keep our eyes fixed on your son Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, our Lord and Savior, that you would give us the grace to endure. But may we embrace the cross, may we embrace the love of the cross, what you, Father, accomplished for us. Salvation belongs to you, Father. You are our Savior, and we thank you. Thank you, Father, that I can be here now this morning, and I can continue to preach your word. Thank you for modern technology. Thank you for our homes, a roof over our head. And I pray, Father, that you will continue to provide and sustain us through this time. You are sovereignly and providentially watching over us, and I pray that you would be merciful to us. But help me now, Father, to be clear and understood Help me to please um, preach your word faithfully so that our hearts, our inner man, the eye of our heart can be strengthened and encouraged so we can continue to be strong and courageous through this time of uncertainty. Father, be merciful to us. Help us to hear and help us to obey. I pray and ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Like I said earlier on this morning, I'm going to continue with Psalm 3. We're looking at part 2. Of, of encouraging you, of me encouraging you to put your confidence in God to pray. I think it was on the 5th of April, we looked at part 1, and we looked at God hears our prayers. And what an encouragement that is, to put our confidence in God to pray. He hears our prayers. But the question is, after you heard that first thing in part 1, of putting our confidence in God to pray, did your confidence get better 
Or has it got worse, especially now that there is an extension of the lockdown? We kind of enter into phase two of lockdown till the end of the month. Are you finding yourself as anxiety or anxious moments come your way, worry, concern, um, looking and thinking of the future? Are you finding yourself running to God and putting your confidence in God? If we don't flee to God, we're going to find ourselves putting our confidence in ourselves through this pandemic. We're going to lean on our own understanding. We're going to be wise in our own eyes. And we're going to, we're going to look to the earthly things. And we're going to stumble. We will stumble. We need to do what the writer of Proverbs says. Proverbs 3. Turn with me there to Proverbs 3. As I read from Proverbs 3. This is what we should be doing. We should be trusting in the Lord. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And do not lean on your own understanding. In your law ways acknowledge Him. And He will. That's a promise. And He will make straight your paths. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. What comfort we find in those words. Our confidence should be in God because, because it's good. We, we want His wisdom. We want His, His knowledge to, to help us. So no matter what our confidence is at the moment, Put it in God. If your confidence is weak, if your confidence is strong, go to God. Put your confidence in God so He can make straight your paths. He can help you. Because in God dwells goodness and wisdom and truth and love and justice. He's a holy God. He knows us. He is the one that has created us. And He is the one that wants to help us. And this is why I chose Psalm 3. Because, yes, it's all about David. He's the author. But it's, but it's a real psalm. Well, all psalms are real. Because it's an historical account of what God is doing in the lives of people. But it, but it's, it deals with reality. It deals with realism. It deals with, with David running from his son Absalom. Absalom wants to, to dethrone his father. He, he has... Stolen the hearts of the men, the people of um, Israel. And now he's marching against his father, forcing David to flee. He wants David dead, his father. And this, this surely brings a crisis. Surely this is crushing David's heart. His own son rebelling against him. And you can read all about that in 2 Samuel chapter 15 and chapter 16. Yeah, and listen to part one, and you will. Um, I fleshed out the introduction a lot more. But go to that sermon on the 5th of October and listen to the introduction again. But what does David do in his crisis? He puts his confidence in God. In spite of what's going on around him, he runs to God. And he prays to God. He cries out to God. He puts his confidence in God. And this is what we want to do this morning in part two. We want to continue to look to God, His wisdom and His word, so that we can be encouraged to put our confidence in God. We're going to look at Psalm 3 and we're going to look at verses 5 
to 6. And we're going to continue to look to God. Verses 5 to 8. But let's just recap verses 1 to 4 of our first thing. To put our confidence in God. And our first thing was, God hears us. The fact that God hears us should encourage us to put our confidence in God. To, to pray to God. There it is in verse 4 of Psalm 3. I cried aloud to the Lord and he answered me from his holy hill. David put his confidence in God to pray because God hears him. He knows God hears him. He can look back and see how God heard him when he prayed in the past to God. And we too can put our confidence in God because we're not only in a new covenant relationship with God, but we have a faithful mediator, Christ Jesus. Turn with me to 1 Timothy as I remind us of, of our faithful mediator, who we can put our confidence in to pray. 1 Timothy 5. 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 5. For there is one God... And there is one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all. There is our confidence. Not in ourselves, but in Christ. We can put our confidence in Christ Jesus, knowing what he has done for us. There he serves as our faithful mediator between our Heavenly Father and us. So as we go through trials, adversity, whatever's going on in our hearts, in our minds, whatever circumstances we are going through at the moment, put your confidence in God to pray. Because we have a faithful mediator who hears us and is interceding for us and wants to help us. Are you? God knows the heart. He knows exactly what's going on in your heart. He knows if you are trusting in him wholeheartedly. Will we, when we go through hardships, will we look to God? Another good point in, 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 in point one, or in the first thing of, our, of, our, of, of verses one to four that I preached last week was, was like David says in, there it is, in verse three. But you, O Lord, are a shield about me, my glory and the lifter of my head. David saw God as his shield. Are you seeing God as your shield during this time? Are you, are you listening to what Paul says? Turn with me to Ephesians chapter 6, verse 16, where it says this. In all circumstances, there it is, in all circumstances, no matter what you are going through now, in all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. Are we doing that? Are we allowing our feelings and our emotions to get in the way, preventing us from going to God as our shield? Are we putting up his word and, and, and deflecting those fiery darts that the world, Satan, fire at us? 
We have the shield of faith. We have the Lord Jesus Christ, the author and perfecter of our faith, who we can turn to and put our trust in, put our confidence in to pray. So this, this first thing, to encourage us to put our confidence in God to pray, God hears us. Are you praying to the all-hearing, all-knowing, all-powerful, almighty, all-wise, all-sufficient God? But let's continue now with, with part two. Let's, let's continue to look at our second thing. As we look at Psalm 3, verses 5 to 8. To encourage us to have confidence in God to pray. And the second thing is, God works for us. God is not idle. God is not just doing nothing. He hasn't kind of like people say, he's wound up this world sitting back and just watching it tick, 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 tick along. That's deism. Our God is actively involved. He's present with us. He's transcendent and he's imminent. He's involved in this world. And we are responsible to work out our salvation in fear and trembling for things to happen as well. But it's God who is in us and he wants to work in us and through us into this world. But there it is in verse 5 of Psalm 3. I lay down and slept. I woke again, for the Lord sustained me. Wow. While you sleep, God is working in you. He is sustaining you. And we're going to look at that more now as we, as we go along. But, but it's, it's beautiful to know that, that the God who sustains this universe by the power of his word is also sustaining us while we asleep and while we awake also by the power of his word. Word. A great example is, is, is Paul. Look with me as I, as I read from 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Look as I read from 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verse 10. But by the grace of God I am what I am. And his grace toward me was not in vain. On the contrary, I worked harder than any of them. Though it was not I... But the grace of God that is with me. Whether then it was I or they, so we preach and so you believed. But do you see there? It's the grace of God that is with me. God's grace sustained Paul. God's grace encouraged Paul to endure the hardships. But the grace of God that is with me, God's grace was sufficient for Paul and God's grace is sufficient for us. It's sufficient to save lives and it's sufficient to sustain us in this world. God works in us for his glory. The chief end of man is to glorify God and enjoy him. Or to enjoy God and glorify him. And that's what we are wanting to do. We're wanting to allow God to work in us. But the sad thing is, we don't always allow Him to work in us the way He sometimes should. I'm quite sure many of us, and, and there's nothing wrong with this, are praying that God would remove this coronavirus from us. And we should be. That He would either bring an end to it or curve it. But that shouldn't just be our only prayer. If it is just for me and for my selfish gain because I want to go out there, go out there again and make money again and, and meet my needs and my wants, then that is wrong. 
We should also be praying for, 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 for physical peace and, and, and spiritual peace. We should, be, we should be looking to God for wisdom and peace. We should be praying like Paul did. Look with me as I look at Philippians chapter 4. We always seem to want God to take away our trials and, 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 and just make our, our atmosphere and our time around us um, like heaven. But no, Jesus did say, in this world you will have tribulation. You will have suffering. I mean, if Jesus suffered, surely we will suffer too. How dare we think, may think that we, we shouldn't suffer. That we can have it easy into a way into the heavens. But, but this, is, this is, Paul is encouraging us. This is how God can work in us as well. Just not a, a physical work. Lord, take away my trials. No, here is a spiritual work. Here is allowing God to also work in us to sanctify our hearts and to strengthen our hearts. Philippians 4, um, starting at verse 6. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. That's what we should be praying for at this time. For, for a spiritual peace. That, that as things fall apart around us. Yes, Lord, help us. Um, please, if you could remove this virus. But also, Father, if it's your will not to remove it yet, then, then help me to remain at peace with you and with what's going on around me. I know that there's a peace that surpasses all understanding, Father. And I know this peace will guard my heart and mind in Christ Jesus because you have told me so and I believe this. So help me, Father. That's, that's, that's what God, this is how God wants to work in us. The Holy Spirit is in us. And one of the fruits of the Spirit is peace. And we need to cultivate this peace so God can give us this peace. So we can still, still do things rationally and still keep our eyes fixed on Jesus. And this is the peace we should be seeking in the midst of this pandemic. God is working in us, folks, in prayer. But will we put our confidence in God to pray and allow Him to do a, a spiritual work, a, a, a work to, to strengthen our inner man so that we can be strong and courageous? And yes, David trusted God to work for him. Like I said, if you go back to verse 5 of Psalm 3, where David said, I lay down and slept. I woke again for the Lord sustained me. Isn't that beautiful to know that, that, that he could actually sleep and he could have peace in his sleep. Knowing that, yes, Absalom was out there to kill him. Um, the army was out there to kill him. That, that Absalom had won on his side to go against his father, his kinship. David Trusted in God as he slept. What are you trusting in? Are you trusting in some form of drug? Are you trusting in alcohol? That, that will bring a, a temporary peace, but a massive headache on the next day. 
Alcohol, drugs can never get to the root cause of the problem. But God and His Word can. He can bring everlasting peace to us. And I'm talking mainly to Christians. We, we, we say we trust God and we love Him and there's peace for us. But that, that's, we say that more when there are good things going on around us. But are we saying this when, when bad things happen around us? Will we be like Job, who thanked God for both the good and the bad, and trusted Him through the bad, and kept on worshipping Him and praising Him, even though there were why, why, why? But he still kept his eyes fixed on God, His Creator. Are you and I keeping our eyes fixed on Jesus so that He can help us with our situation? Not leaning on something else. And we will, if, if we do not, if we, if we do not have Christ in our hearts, we will continue to trust in other things, like alcohol, like drugs, like eating for comfort. Because Augustine, this, this great theologian said, Thou hast made us for thyself, O Lord. And our heart is restless until it finds its rest in thee. Maybe you haven't found Christ yet. Or He hasn't found you in this pandemic. And therefore you, you're relying on so many other things to bring you peace and comfort. No. Drop everything. Flee from those things. And run to God. And trust in Him. Repent and put your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. So that He can give you a peace that surpasses all understanding. But a peace with Him. Knowing there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. But there's a peace that keeps us together as we walk with him. And David, David could sleep at night. David could function during the day because he had confidence in God to pray. And he knew his God was working for him. I think of another king. King Hezekiah. Folks. We can dodge this coronavirus by staying in our homes. But when there is another kin, a wicked and evil kin, in the name of Sennacherib, who is parked outside Jerusalem, there's a siege, and he wants to kill everybody behind those walls, including Hezekiah. You can't dodge that. You can't run from that. But Hezekiah looks to God and puts his trust in God. Look with me as I read from 2 Chronicles. 2 Chronicles, chapter 32, starting at verse 7. 2 Chronicles, chapter 32, starting at verse 7. Or let's put this. And he set commanders and commandments over the people and gathered them together to him in the square of the gate of the city. And then, and then Hezekiah spoke encouragingly to them, saying, Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or dismayed before this king of Assyria, Sennacherib, and all the horde that is with him. For there is more with us than with him. With him is an arm of flesh, but with us is the Lord our God to help us. And to fight our battles. And the people took confidence 
from the words of Hezekiah, king of Judah. Folks, there is our confidence in God's words. He will never leave us. He will never forsake us. Hezekiah did not know what the outcome was going to be. But he put his trust in God to help him. To deliver him from this distress. To rescue him from King Sennacherib. He didn't know. We know the outcome. But it's beautiful we know the outcome. Because we can see what it means to put confidence in God. And pray and trust in him. In his words. In his promises. But look, look at the result. Again, in, in 2 Chronicles 32, reading at verse 30, 2 Chronicles 32, verse 20. Then Hezekiah the king and Isaiah the prophet, the son of Amos, prayed because of this, and they cried to heaven. And the Lord sent an angel who cut off all the mighty warriors and commanders and officers in the camp of the king of Assyria. See, the battle is God's. We are victorious in Christ Jesus over a virus or over people. So he returned with shame of face to his own land. That's King Sennacherib. He returned with shame of face to his own land. And when he came into the house of his God, some of his own sons struck him down there with the sword. So the Lord saved Hezekiah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem from the hand of Sennacherib, king of Assyria, and from the hand of all his enemies. And he provided for them on every side. Isn't that beautiful? To see Hezekiah trusting in God, putting his confidence in God, in his word, and in praying to God. All the props were knocked from underneath him. Everything was knocked from underneath him. But he chose to put his trust, to put his confidence in God to pray. And God sustained him. God worked for him, in him, and physically around him, day and night. God sustained Hezekiah. So if God can sustain us in our sleep, He will also sustain us during the day as we are awake in our bodies. And that, that's, that's the beautiful thing. We can trust in God to do this. But will we trust in God to sustain us in our difficult times while we're awake? Will we be like Hezekiah? Will we be like David? And David could wake up in the morning. And verse 6 tells us how he woke up. He, would, he could wake up. And, and in verse 6, I will not be afraid of many thousands of people who have set themselves against me all around. He woke up fresh and he, and he woke up strong and courageous. I will not be afraid of my enemies. Why? Because the God that is sustaining me while I sleep is the same God that's going to sustain me and help me while I'm alive. And even if David dies. God sustains him all the way into heaven, into the presence of God. Look what else verse 7, Psalm 3 says. Arise, O Lord, save me, O my God. For you have struck all my enemies on the cheek. You break the teeth of the wicked. You, God, Look what you've done in the past. Do it again. Strike the enemies. Destroy the teeth of the wicked. Basically, bring an end to the inhumane treatment by the wicked. Bring an end to what Absalom and these 
Israelites are going to do to me and Jerusalem. Bring an end to all of this. Just like you've helped me in the past, Father. Because I put my confidence in you to pray and to trust you and your word. Help me. And the words arise, O Lord, are the same words that Moses used as the children of Israel broke camp in the wilderness. In Numbers 10.35, he would say, Arise, O Lord. And it was a military phrase calling on God to go forth to both defend Israel and lead them to victory. And that's exactly what David's doing here as well in verse 7. Arise, O Lord. Go to war for me. Save me, O my God. And Jesus Christ on the cross accomplished this for us. He has given us victory over everything. We are victorious in Him. No matter what comes our way, we as Christians... If we're in Christ and we've been crucified with Him, and it's no longer I live, but He lives in me, we are victorious in Christ Jesus. David knows at the end of the day, verse 8, salvation belongs to the Lord. He cries out to God, knowing salvation belongs to the Lord. God will save him because the rescuing comes from God alone. The sad thing is when we're in a difficult time, most of the times we allow our hardships to interfere with our emotions and our feelings and our hardships make our decisions for us instead of us going to God and allowing Him to give us the wisdom to make the decision of, on terms of how we can come out of this, bringing Him Great glory and honor. And I just think again of Jonah. Jonah threw himself into the sea. Into the sea where a big fish swallowed him up. And in that fish there was no hope for David. For, for, for Jonah, sorry. There was no hope for Jonah. But he had confidence while in the belly of this great big fish. He had the confidence in God to cry out to pray. He cries out to the Lord in his distresses. And God answered him. Out of the belly of death, Jonah cried and God heard his voice. He knew. He knew that salvation belongs to the Lord. That only God could save him. And God does save him. God is sovereign over us. is sovereign over animals as well. The Lord spoke to the fish. And it vomited Jonah out upon the dry land. God delivered Jonah from death in the belly of a big fish. God worked for Jonah. He delivered him from his circumstance. But look what Jonah did. In his distress, he put his confidence in God to pray. Knowing that salvation belongs to the Lord. Rescuing him belongs to God. It was only God who would be able to get him out of the situation, not himself. He couldn't. He was hopeless. He was helpless. And David is the same. And, and God comes and saves David from Absalom. Absalom is out riding on his horse. And he gets taken out by a tree and dies. Well, he hangs there for a while and then he dies. Oh, my son, Absalom, my son, my son, Absalom, 
Listen to David's word. Would I have died instead of you? O Absalom, my son, my son. David still kind of says, it should have been me that died, not you, my son. In spite of what Absalom was doing to David, in spite of the menace he was to David, he wanted to kill him, murder him, wipe him from the face of the earth, David still finds this in his heart. Would I have died instead of you, O Absalom? God worked for David. And that's the second thing, knowing that God works for us. Will we have confidence in God to pray? Will we have confidence in God to pray, knowing that he works for us? That's why these two things that I looked at over the, over the two Sundays from Psalm 3, God hears our prayers and God works for us. Will we put our confidence in God to pray? Will we look to God? And we can. We can look to God. Turn with me again to Hebrews chapter 4. Listen as I close with these beautiful words from Hebrews chapter 4. Because we have a faithful mediator, Jesus Christ, who is working for us. He's seated next to the right hand of the Father where he intercedes for us, where he wants to help us, where he works for us. Listen to verse 14. Since then we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast our confessions, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Brothers and sisters in Christ, Jesus wants to help us. Are you keeping your eyes fixed on him through this pandemic time? Are you fixing your eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of, of your faith, the high priest who can sympathize with us, who can, who can hear our prayers and work for us? Are you putting your confidence in him to pray? Because it says, let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. The greatest need today is God have mercy upon us. God be merciful and be gracious to us. That is our greatest need today. But will we seek this grace and seek God's mercy for us as we walk with him? In this perverse world. As we walk with him in times of uncertainty. In these difficult and painful times. Will we put our confidence in God to pray? Will we? By grace we can. By grace we can. Let's pray. Father we thank you. This morning we can look to again the Psalm 3 and the, the second half of the Psalm. And we just thank you, Father, that you hear us, that your Son hears us, the Holy Spirit hears us, the triune God hears us, and you all work for us as well. You love your children. You want to comfort them, and you want to encourage them, and you want to help us. But, Father, forgive us, for in times of anxiety, in times of stress, we kind of run in the opposite direction. We run to the things that we fix our eyes on because our faith is, is by sight, our faith is what we see and we put our trust in these things, but we know they cannot help us. Father, 
Help us to take our eyes off our earthly things and fix them on the heavenly things. Help us to fix our eyes on Jesus. Help us to look to him. Help us to cry aloud to him, knowing that he will answer us from the heavenlies. And that he will work in us from the heavenlies. He has put his spirit in us. He indwells us. Help us, Father. Forgive us, Father. For we do not do this. We do not cry out to you enough. We do not put our confidence in you, Father, to pray enough. How we forfeit all of this. Father, please, please help us. Help me, Father, as the pastor of Robertson Reformed Community Church to continue to fix my eyes on Christ Jesus so that I can continue to pray for Robertson Reformed Community Church. For us, for you to help us, to sustain us, and to encourage us that your grace will come upon us in a mighty way and get us through this. We know your grace is sufficient. Christ is sufficient. These scriptures are sufficient. So help us, Father. Pray and ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Please listen as I close with a benediction from the book of if, oh, sorry, not the book of Hebrews. I want to close with a benediction from Numbers. Numbers chapter 6, verse 24. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. And God's children say, Amen.